Today's date is January 7th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week, along with Bob, of course. Along with Bob. If you're not familiar with the show, this is a weekly comic book podcast where we run you through all the new releases, all the new news, and uh, we hit up two topics for your enjoyment. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit up our website, htbvids.com. Uh, talk to us on Twitter at htbvids. Talk to us on Facebook forward slash at the books. And uh, leave us a like and subscribe down below on our YouTube channel and on your podcast services of choice. Oh, yeah. Remember, Check us out. <laughs> remember, you can find us every Wednesday on YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes, and possibly SoundCloud in the near future. Emery, what have you been reading? Well. <clears throat> well. Oh, yeah. Cool whip. Cool, cool whip. <laughs> Saying what weird? <laughs> uh, I have been actually uh, checking out one new, well, actually two new things from Marvel. It's been a while since I've bought anything from Marvel. Um, except Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Go check out Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Um, I bought the Rogue and Gambit issue one, or as I like to call it, Couples Therapy, issue one. <laughs> um, I got that. I got Phoenix Resurrection, because I had to see what all the hype was about. And I, of course, got issue four of Batman White Knight. And Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. That's right. Doing it. And Your boy, Sean Murphy. <laughs> killing it. Oh, yeah. That's right. You keep doing what you're doing, boy. Um, I also... Am still keeping up with fascist Nightwing in Nightwing: The New Order. Yes, of course. And <laughs> it, it, it ke- I keep being surprised at the things that it has committed to doing in this comic. Pleasant surprise? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> the it, laugh of mockery. <laughs> <laughs> this is me laughing at the fact that you guys have still managed to not only commit to this view of Nightwing, but to basically say that Nightwing in this comic is committed to telling everyone why he's committed to this. While he's actively fighting the thing he's committed to. Yes. Makes sense. Total it, sense. Yep, yep. Sounds like Nightwing, right? So stupid. <laughs> so uh, what did you think uh, of Couples Therapy Part 1? Couples Therapy Part 1 needs to be a part of a movie because I swear to God that this actually... Like, the way that this book played out, it played out like the an off-brand version of a movie that I think is called Couples Retreat, starring Vince Vaughn and some other lady. Um, I never watched it, and I probably never will. Yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it kind of plays like that, and then at the very, very end, it remembers that it's an X-Men title. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one... How about Phoenix Resurrection? Yeah. Phoenix Resurrection should not have been called Phoenix Resurrection. It just should have been called Resurrection because with that title, it would lead you to believe that only one character is coming back. 
this is false. <laughs> it is pointedly false. As in, if they were going to stick with this name, the word Phoenix should have been the small print. And the word resurrection should have been huge. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the the book here. Batman White Knight. Which one of these words is larger? White Knight. Yeah. In that case, who do you think is going to be the focus? The White Knight. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Could someone please tell me why we only spend the last page actually showing the title character? Because boob variants. Boob variants. We got to sell the boob variants. Of course. Pardon me while I hit my head against this microphone (laughs) to further illustrate how hilariously off-putting this entire decision is is it good though (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh that remains to be seen it's uh, reading this book was very much like reading the beginning of a larger book Mm -hmm. it's like there's nothing in it that gets resolved At, at the end of this book it feels like you just turned through like the first chapter of something and I'm going to give it the second issue to see what happens. But for right now, I'm I'm very worried. Mm. Resurrection should have been the title of this. Not Phoenix Resurrection, just Resurrection. So that brings up Batman White Knight, which I've also read and got both covers because I dug them. Oh, yeah. Because I can't help myself and but waste money and stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> but... It doesn't uh, help. Well, it doesn't help. What's nice that, is that uh, this will probably be a legacy title that'll always be valuable, thankfully. But yeah, it, uh, it, it doesn't help that they're really enticing you to buy this because it's good. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it continues to be awesome. And this is probably of the titles from last year. This is the one that's been consistently growing stronger and stronger and stronger with every issue. Where it's like even with things like Mister Miracle, which I loved. And I still love. I feel like it's been declining a little bit on the recent issues. This one is just still going strong for me. Yeah, I would actually disagree with Mister Miracle. Mister, uh, well, Mister Miracle for me, I think has become. Uh, it, it's a story that, much like reading the 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 story of the Watchmen, um, it's easy to see it kind of taking sidesteps and uh, kind of dancing around the issue. But books like The Watchmen are about the bigger picture. And I feel like specifically with Mr. Miracle, this is going to be uh, a limited series that is more about seeing the bigger picture than focusing on what each issue brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Um I thought the the last issue was fantastic. Yeah, I I don't know. It just kind of lost me these last two issues because 
I felt like it started at such a high point, and now it's just kind of stringing us along, in my opinion. Yeah. Where it's just narratively not giving us anything, but also not letting us go. <laughs> right. And I feel like I'm being held <laughs> hostage by issues. Yeah, I that's, feel like that's the, just how I feel about it. I feel like the last issue was definitely um, a big Barda issue. Yeah. Which it's fine. <laughs> that's his wife. Let her shine a little bit. It's like, okay. <laughs> Bondage. <laughs> he can always escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the other issues I read were the X-Men the Grand Design issues one and two, which uh, are pretty awesome. I didn't, you know, I just kind of passed by them because that's what I do with Marvel nowadays. <laughs> but... <laughs> this one caught my eye just because I liked the old, you know, aesthetic they had going on in the front. The classic I, design. I thought it was just going to be like a collection of like one old story or something. Yeah. Apparently what this is, as I read it, is basically the Watcher from the Marvel Universe who Stanley ah. likes to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Retelling the events of X-Men from each era. So it basically takes like the big events from each era for each issue yeah. and retells them. But not only does it retell them to a, a character called the recorder, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it tells it in a way that's very unique to the era where it, they do very much copy like the old style with the yellow pages and like even the pages, the material the pages are made out of is like the old, more fragile paper. It's so classic. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's really cool and really unique and I really, really dig it. Uh, I enjoyed it and they even give like kind of a modern interpretation of storytelling yeah. in these books. While the art is still like the classic old style, it's it's very modern and the telling of it. So it's yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I still have to read through uh, issue two, but issue one really impressed me, and I <laughs> I, I liked them so much. I'm going to get them all. Apparently, it's a trilogy, so there's only going to be three, and the third one will come out next month. But that brings us around to our latest segment. I, I just noticed something. What's up? Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a connected yeah. image too, huh? That, that is really cool. Yeah, I didn't even put them next to each other. Figured out. <laughs> yeah, that took me a second. It was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Although I still can't look at Iceman. I can't bear to look at him. Yeah. But basically, that brings us to our latest segment. Did the content match the drapes? This is our weekly segment where we discuss whether the cover and variant covers of the previous week were as good on the inside as the outside. Uh, for that one, we had Batman White Knight number four, seen here. Oh, but, yeah. Written and drawn and cover drawn by Sean Murphy because Sean Murphy's a boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, the content matched the drapes because it's still great, still going, and using so many different dynamics that I didn't expect, including the kind of integration of Gordon and Nightwing and Batgirl in ways that I didn't expect. Also, mm-hmm. it, 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 it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain part of this There's book. There's a hot moment. Yeah, that, I'm not going to spoil it, but read it, for the love of God. But I feel like it was it's different from Mr. Miracle, <laughs> which was just like uh, 20 okay. panels of just nonsense. Uh, okay, for Mr. Miracle, that was just kinky. Uh. <laughs> um. But the other one we had was uh, Walking Dead, number 175. This Shinkowitz 
variant with Rick on the front. Um, I didn't read it <laughs> beyond flipping through it because I don't want to spoil too much for myself. And I think I kind of spoiled something for myself already <laughs> just by flipping through it. But uh, I read the compendium, so I stopped at somewhere around 150 or wherever the third compendium ended. But uh, this is the start of a new storyline called New World Order, where uh, they're getting off to a new <laughs> place. Because <laughs> as with everything in the Walking Dead world, they can never seem to get anything to function for more than maybe a year. <laughs> Going along with the theme of impending death, nothing lasts very long yeah. in The Walking Dead, except for some of the like core characters. But Kirkman has said there is an actual ending, and he does want to see like an actual progression for Ma- things. So. Maybe in 25 more issues. Yeah, we'll see what happens with issue number 200 <laughs> down the yeah. road. But if you like Walking Dead, you know you like this, so just keep reading it. Oh yeah, um, Walking Dead is going to pop up again in our news articles today. So, ah, so yeah, okay. both Batman White Knight and Walking Dead number one seventy five content did match the drapes because let's face it, they're both great stories. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you're going to pick them up anyway. Yeah, yeah, do it. And with that, let's get into the news. First up, writer Gail Simone, who I love for her uh, take on Batgirl in the New Fifty Two, the original take. I actually remembered her from her uh, Secret Six run. Yeah, also really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that um, one. Gail Simone will be taking on Domino for her next story. Not something I expected. <laughs> Wait, what? I do. She did have a poll on her Twitter not too long ago where she um, polled people and asked them, what, who should I take on next? I don't know if Domino won that poll, but... She has taken on the character Domino for her next story. As in Marvel? Yes. As in she's working for Marvel now? Yes. Well. I guess. <laughs> but um, I thought that was interesting. Creep. I don't <laughs> really care or know enough about Domino to know whether she even has content worth making a story with. But I well, don't, thanks I'm to not the even Deadpool sh- 2 movie, you can... <laughs> You can expect to see a little bit more of that. Um, but I do love what Gail Simone always brings to the table, where she always has a really <laughs> a good understanding of character and character depth, which I think the person that replaced her on Batgirl really did not. Um, yeah. So I'm rooting for Gail Simone. Maybe I'll pick up this Domino book and learn more about her. But yeah, as, as far as what I are know, Domino's she... powers? I don't... Uh, they're luck based. I thought she just had a gun. <laughs> That's all I ever see. Uh, well, because her powers are luck-based and she's often in combat, she decides to go with the thing that makes the most sense, which are guns. Uh, it just so happens that sometimes she likes to take a lucky shot or a long shot, if you will. No, no. <laughs> it's almost like a... Scarlet Witch might okay, be okay. casting some magic. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you might be guessing that maybe there are something besides, you know, a black cat affecting probability around here. There's a lot of people with luck powers in the if Marvel my universe. My eyes could roll into the back of my head. It would. <laughs> if my eyes could roll into the back of someone else's head, it would. <laughs> <laughs> But 
Gail Simone knows how to write. And I think it's only with Gail Simone being the writer that Domino is going to shine on her own because she is, she has always been a secondary character at best. Yeah. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I hope that she has like a cool take on it. And I have all the confidence in the world in Gail Simone. But then again, I also had all the confidence in the world in Kyle Higgins. <laughs> Fascist wing. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we can't win all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm rooting for her, and I can't wait to see what she brings to the legacy <laughs> of Marvel Comics. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say that word around me. <laughs> Um, next you know, up, you know I don't like that word. Actress, <laughs> actress Dewanda Wise has been casted alongside Brie Larson and Jude Law in the upcoming Captain Marvel movie. While it's not announced yet, all signs point to Wise playing Monica Rambo, aka Captain Marvel. <laughs> so we have Captain Marvel casted, we have Captain Marvel casted, and we have Captain Marvel casted. You're not just getting one. <laughs> You're not just getting two. You're getting fucking three. Any I, thoughts I, on Monica Rambeau or the actress slated to play her, DeWanda Wise? I don't even know what DeWanda Wise has done. So, uh, uh, Should I or should I not bring a stopwatch to count how long it takes for her to be the black sidekick? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing against the actress... Or the character in mention. But it, I'm starting to sense, as many of you out there probably are as well, a pattern here. <laughs> um, War Machine, Falcon, and now... This other Captain Marvel character. I, th- hey, I, hey. There's Black Panther, okay? He leads. He's a top-tier character. I'm waiting How for him. How dare you, sir? <laughs> See, here's the thing with him. He's got his I own movie. Even, I, I can't even say, like, oh, I wonder when he's going to get his black sidekick. Because for him, it would just be a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> If he had a white sidekick, on the other hand. Captain America becomes his new sidekick. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're my bitch uh, now. <laughs> Steve Rogers is already defected. He's like, isn't he a warm war criminal right now? I think technically. Yeah. Um, even though it wasn't really a war, it was like a fight at an airport. <laughs> Civil bar brawl. <laughs> <laughs> Civil kerfuffle. Um yeah. <laughs> that would that that'd be quite a switch. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, let's see now I'm thinking about Black Panther having Steve Rogers as a sidekick who already has Bucky B- Bucky he, Falcon. He, he has two he uh, I will say this, he's at least fair in his choosing of his sidekicks. <laughs> You know, <laughs> maybe we should see. I and I want them to wait until like Captain Marvel two for Monica Rambeau to get it. But then that'd be Iron Man two all over again. Yeah, pretty much. 
And with their luck, they'd have to recast again. Uh. <laughs> Terrence Howard should have been on. <laughs> he he should have been it. I'm completely happy with, happy with John John Don Cheadle. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I I. Mm-mm. Anyways, <laughs> uh, guys, if you're going to do this, at least come up with a different story instead of just. You know, first we had Iron Man, and then we had Ant-Man, which was Iron Man, but small. Can we not do Iron Man, but a girl in space? Please? That's all I'm asking. Denied. (laughs) Next up, if you live in Washington, D.C., you will be treated to the D.C. in D.C., event from Friday, January 12th to Sunday, January 14th, Martin Luther King weekend, in front of the museum. Wait, why is it called DC in DC? Because it's a pun. Don't you get it? Get it? Get it? Aren't they so clever? (laughs) (laughs) It will feature several panels, signings, a shop, and the Jitters Coffee Shop as depicted in the Flash TV show. Oh, hooray. (laughs) Let's go buy really expensive coffee at this fictional coffee shop. Nothing was elaborated on why they're doing this. They're just doing it to do it in Washington, D.C. I I personally think that the staff just wanted to take a field trip. (laughs) And they're like, well, we can't justify it without a business deal. So D.C. and D.C. (laughs) And we can't possibly go back to New York our home base because uh, we already left and people might be mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you live in the DC area or you're taking a trip to DC on the weekend of January 12th to 14th, look forward to that and check that out at the museum. It sounds pretty cool. Everything that I read and saw on it, they had like illustrations of how they're going to organize the little shop and stuff. It looks really neat, but I I think it's just kind of random. <laughs> From out of nowhere. I mean, they're based in Southern California, and they're <laughs> going to go to Washington, D.C. at a random point in January. I mean, it's on that, that, it's on MLK weekend, so you'd think there would be like some kind of something there. You, nope. Yeah. Nope. No. Really? No connection. Nope. None? Just, that just happened to be the weekend they chose, and it, the coldest fucking month of the year. <laughs> it, <laughs> so. it, it literally makes more sense. For Marvel to hold an X-Men thing there, because at least it's kind of similar. Yeah, it's a little relevant, but I don't know. <sighs> it sounds like a field trip. Maybe it, maybe they'll get to premiere the Black Lightning comic, the new issue. Or maybe they'll just, you know, actually fess up to getting permission from their parents to finally go <laughs> Take somewhere. A field trip. <laughs> <laughs> Their Warner well, Brothers overlords. this one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but it, it sounds like a cool event. It just seems really random. Out, it, yeah, it's literally out of nowhere. Um, next up, Walter Hamada will be taking over as president of DC Film Production and will be working alongside Jeff Johns for the future DC movies. Walter is known for being the creative executive for New Lines, It, and Annabelle Creation. You know what this sounds like? 
it sounds like they're done with having Jeff Johns run this. Well, the thing is, everybody thought that Jeff Johns was getting replaced. Uh. That's what the word on the street was when this announcement came through. And then they had to clarify a few days later that, oh, no, 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 we're not firing Jeff Johns. We're not moving Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is still there as the creative officer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a hundred other titles, because that's what he does. But uh, maybe they brought in Walter Hamada to, I don't know, write, write the, the course of this clearly sinking ship. He hasn't really done much, though. <laughs> he did a remake of it, which, again, he didn't make. He just, like, chose the people to do it. Right. <laughs> the director and the production staff. Right. Uh, which... and, this, and then Annabelle Creation, which is a bad horror movie sequel to another bad horror movie that I, I yeah. never watched. <laughs> Let's. I mean, if it made money, it made money. Yeah. That's fine. This definitely oh, he, sounds he, like a money. He's decision. also credited for co-writing Forty Seven Ronin, which is a CG drenched, nonsensical kung fu movie starring Keanu Reeves <laughs> for some weird reason. Yeah. So it's uh, it's unique to say the least. Uh, I, yeah. Th- if you haven't been following our show and you don't know the context of what's been going on in the past. We talked about how after Justice League disappointed drastically at the box office <laughs> after Warner Brothers invested over $300 million in the movie. Yeah. Now, they still turned a profit, but <laughs> not much less than they thought they would. Drastically And less. usually when you invest $300 million, you expect to get back at least twice as much, if not three times as much. And I'm pretty sure they didn't even break... You know, uh, nine hundred million or anything like that. So, uh, pretty sure they ended somewhere around like seven hundred fifty, eight hundred. Yeah, which is less than all the other movies. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> including yeah. Suicide Squad and you know BVS and Man of Steel. Considering so, how much more it cost them to make this one, <sighs> my God. Yeah. So th- th- they reshuffle things. They got rid of the guy that was previously at the head. I can't remember his name because I just blocked him out of my memory. (laughs) (laughs) But they got rid of the previous executive. It seemed like Jeff Johns was taking over all the control, and then they were going to put the DC film branch back underneath the WB Films proper branch, which would make it just like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or whatever. Um, It seems that they're delaying that while giving another executive a chance to fuck this up. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have no confidence in Harada. Uh, uh, we'll we'll see how he does. I don't. They I, they, they don't have a Kevin Feige. Yeah, I that, don't. That's the big thing about this. They I, don't have a Kevin. I don't Feige. know if Hamada will be able to pull this off. Um, but if he does, more power to him. Um, Jeff Johns. Again, I respect a lot of the work he's done in comics, but he's not a movie creator, and I don't. You know, beyond being like a creative supporter, like being like, oh, that's not really canon. Like that, that's going to upset fans or, you know, that's a little silly. Can we not do that? Because that's, again, that's going to upset our fans. Yeah. Beyond those types of roles, I don't think he should really be involved. I mean, as maybe on the writing staff that could help. But even then, he needs like a proper film writer who knows how dialogue sounds in a movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that's been a big problem with these movies. It's just the dialogue alone is just awful. Um, right. 
There, there have been Besides issues. Besides the plot holes and other nonsense, there have been issues nearly top to bottom with story structure yeah. for these movies. So I'm, <sighs> I have no confidence in this move or in the future of these movies. I don't understand why they still haven't canceled all these stupid movies they have in production. Right, like they still got Aquaman and Cyborg and Green Lantern and the Flash and Wonder Woman two and the next Justice League, like. They just need to stop. <laughs> they really do. And Shazam. I forgot Shazam. Black Adam, which is apparently going to be in a different movie. Suicide Squad 2. Two different Joker movies. Like, they just, a Harley Quinn independent movie. They got to stop. See, This universe is awful. They got to stop. Because they're going to end up getting box office draws that are less and less and less and less. So hilariously, the, the thing that I am taking away from that entire lineup is that out of all of them, I honestly want to see a cyborg movie. <clears throat> I don't want to see me. any of these. Like yeah. I, I did. I liked Cyborg in Justice League. He was probably the only character I liked. <laughs> he was the only one that belonged. He was the only <laughs> one that had like a proper story that was relevant to what was going on. Yeah, uh, uh, and the only is... one that had character depth. <laughs> right. Um, it, at, out of all of the fucking characters, but even he was so boring. Like it's just. There's nothing to really build on. Right. It, like Taking a character like that and playing him as straight-laced as they did is a fucking mistake. There's he, he doesn't have any kind of fun to him. And that, when you take the one, the chief thing that people who know that character at all, you take the one thing that they remember about him and you toss it out the fucking window? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't. I'm really disappointed because I thought they were going to put it back under their proper film branch and maybe get correct things a little bit because DC's never been really under their proper film branch. Even right. With Nolan, they were still kind of separate, you know. Um, yeah, I, it's just unfortunate. Like I get it. There's always the dichotomy that you have to deal with the comic book creators and the film creators and each one know how to do their own job but not how to do each other's job and you got to find a way to make them mix properly and i think disney up until recently has been pretty good at it but yeah um even they have stumbled a few times and i think it's it's a really hard balance to achieve and i really wish they would just blow things up and start from scratch again yeah they're just not they're just not on the right track, and they're going further and further away, and they're just going to keep wasting money. The, the, my greatest hope is that they recast The Flash. <laughs> I cannot believe. Ezra Miller's awful. I cannot Woody believe. Woody Allen. Like a 15-year-old <laughs> Woody Allen. It, yeah, they didn't cast Barry Allen. They casted fucking Woody Allen for this thing and just made him... Is it autism? Is is that <laughs> like, what this was? Like ADD. Y- yeah, it's, it just some weird combination of awkward <sighs> social interactions. I I could never and not funny ones. I I, I <laughs> ones don't ones that they wanted to be <clears throat> funny but failed. I don't see any police uh, Tupperware yeah, suit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fucking thing. I I I don't believe him as any kind of forensic or future forensic investigator. For a second. No, not at all. <sighs> yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I do want to see the deleted scenes of the black suit Superman, though. 
Did you see the? There's like 13 fans petitioning for the <laughs> Zack Snyder cut <clears throat> of it keeps Justice happening. League. It keeps happening. You're not gonna get it, people. You, you, you didn't finish the movie for one. <laughs> you'll and, maybe get and an two, extended cut. His vision is cut. probably just as bad. <laughs> yeah, you'll maybe get an extended cut where you could see probably more scenes that don't make sense. Yeah, the last thing these movies need is more content. So <laughs> <laughs> just they, they, just they got enough. Just, they're dealing with enough as it is. Start over. Yeah. Just let Henry Cavill do things in Mission Impossible and just and let him go. That's not to say there isn't like things that I didn't like about it. Like I like Henry Cavill's Superman when he's not letting Dad die and <laughs> it happened one time destroying the entire city. It happened one time. You only have one dad. <laughs> Do you really run into situations where dad is letting himself get swept up in a tornado 40 feet away from you <laughs> when you're a superhuman who can run faster than people can see often? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, again, story structure issues from top to bottom. I like what they did with Wonder Woman. Um, I love the cast that they had alongside Wonder Woman, but... That was in the distant past and had nothing to do with the current universe. And even that ruined ruined everything that it built at the very end Ooh. with the way they handled the, the, the end fight with Ares. And it was just stupid. Like You just <sighs> took all the cool messages you could have sent and threw them in the garbage. Oh, yeah. That final scene. Yeah. Um, get, and I wonder if that was like a studio decision. I don't know. Or man. if it was like something the director I mean, actually after, envisioned. Things started falling apart in the third act of that movie. That's The first two acts were so good and so solid. Yeah. And then that third act, it was just they had the goofy, like villainous laughter, like literally doing jazz hands <laughs> to each other. <laughs> After they threw the smoke in there, and then the the big giant sword sticking out of her dress that nobody <laughs> seems to notice, and they're at a party where everybody's speaking English. Um, I, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty qu- sure they wouldn't be speaking fucking English, but well, yeah, it's, it's just so stupid. <laughs> There's a lot of dumb, I, 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 a lot I, of dumb that happened at the end of that. I movie. really wonder how she moved around with like a blade going down the entirety of her back, tucked in her butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she like she's always ready to go at a moment's notice. But it, that movie was good. I w- it would be great if not for that third act. But it was good. Um, I d- I liked uh, what they did with Aquaman, even though in Justice League the story around Aquaman is like nonsensical in the way it was framed. Oh, like the yeah. order it happened. They like, framed ooh. him very it, poorly. It was very much like the Thor, uh, fucking seeing pool scene in Avengers 2. Oh, yeah. Where he just goes off on a random side quest by himself and jumps in a pool and like freaks I'll be back, out. Guys. Then he comes back and makes vision and you're like, "What the fuck were you doing? <laughs> the, none of this was explained. What are you doing?" Is like n- not only People was- are like this this alludes to Ragnarok. Okay. <sighs> I'm like, "Fuck yourselves. <laughs> this movie is totally separate from the comics. It's got to explain what it's fucking doing." Right. At least a little bit, so was, please. Uh, there's a little bit of that with Aquaman, but I like I loved Aquaman. Um, Cyborg, he, I didn't like him necessarily, but I because I thought he was boring. But I uh, he's the one character that actually made sense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is saying something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I one I of like, these days I just want to talk about how this movie was Avengers light. Yeah, I like a Jeremy Irons Alfred. He's fun. 
Uh, yeah. But the things... Uh, I'd let him come back. I think that's pretty much all the positives I have. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else I hate about this universe. Oh. I hate it. It's just awful. I, it's like th- there's a scene, a deleted scene, that was used in the trailer where he's talking to someone off screen and he says, like, he said you'd come back. Let's hope you're not too late. And I, I, I'm assuming he was talking to Joss Whedon because, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, did I he? I mean, I I, oh. I don't even think Whedon helped. I think Whedon took something that was already big and overblown and incoherent and made it, like, tried to force humor into it. He, he it sometimes to... worked, but sometimes it just felt really out of place in a movie that was totally different before. Yeah. <laughs> it was really obvious what the reshoots were and stuff, you know. My man. <laughs> it was it was a lot of Aquaman. A lot of Aquaman trying to be all chummy yeah. with these people that he has no reason to actually care and about. At ever. the end, the cyborg line. <gasps> oh no. Bo- I forgot about the thing it, that I hated about this movie. It was the weakest, most flaccid booyah I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the most flaccid, <laughs> uninspired booyah ever. And a oh. character that at no point prior to this embodied that whatsoever. Yeah, no. The, just, a booyah was, is it, not something you say all quiet and sullen and it's like to the slow booyah. music. Booyah. This is like booyah. No <laughs> Acting. Could, could, could someone <laughs> come back and actually get I don't care how old he is. Carrie fucking Peyton <laughs> to redo this, please. He's like, booyah, baby. <laughs> just like, that, that's all I want. That's all I want. Yeah, it was a little silly. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. The one character that belongs there, and you just reminded me of the one thing that I hated. <laughs> yeah, fuck Ugh. the DCU. It's so bad. Uh, next up. Our final news item, the Walking Dead titles have been increased in price from $2.99 an issue, which they have had since they started, to $3.99 an issue, which is pretty standard nowadays, uh, with the exception of DC, which actually reduced the price to $2.99 for most of their titles that aren't M- Batman. Most of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you mean like 10% of the things so, they put out. Yeah, so Batman pretty much funds everything else. <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you were expecting to pay three bucks for your issues from Walking Dead, sorry to disappoint you, they are now three ninety nine, Which, kind of understandable, because they've been keeping it at the old price for so long, obviously with inflation and everything else. But the cost of living and the cost of everything has gone up, so it, sh- it makes yeah. sense to add one more dollar. And I'm sure they pay Robert Kirkman a pretty handsome fee <laughs> to write for them uh, for so. the the two big biggest titles that they have outside of spawn yeah, yeah. that makes sense please but they also don't have to spend any money whatsoever on pigmentation <laughs> because <laughs> the issues are black and white so i feel like the production cost should be enough to justify <laughs> enough to justify like either keeping it yeah. or going full color it's like you don't it, you you use black ink, and that's 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 it. <laughs> and you know, I I get it for the sake of you know, it's like the Walking Dead from the very beginning has always been a homage to George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead in yeah. in its uh, in its art and its pigmentation. But man, <laughs> you, you, one more dollar, and they're not changing 
anything. No, they're not increasing the pages or anything like that. But you know, it's understandable. I think. Yeah. I, I think it's understandable. It's justified. Kind of sucks, but it's justified. So it's Walking Dead. You're gonna pay for it if you like it. <laughs> Pretty much. And that, my friends, is the news. Well, every time we get here, and I always wonder whether or not I'm going to ask Bob this or you. But this time I'm going to ask Bob. No, he's not going to answer me back. Chris? Yes, Emery. What books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> First up, on the new releases... From Marvel Comics, we have Avengers number 675. Now, I notice there's a lot of transition covers, again, popping up this this week. Uh, yep. Including the one that was advertised on the back of the one that we gave cover of the week <laughs> until we saw the actual cover and we're like, fuck this cover. And I <laughs> flip it. I flipped it around and I framed it with, <laughs> with the advertisement on the back. Now, the one because that was that's adver- a better cover. Yes. Now, the one that it was advertising is out this week. Of course. All right, so Avengers 675, um, a lot of variants for it. Um, because it's a big deal. Cable, number 153. Daredevil, number 597. Now, that one has an interesting cover, I think. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, there's like the the dichotomy of like the life in the dark versus life in the light. Yeah, it's very Batman White Knight-esque. Pretty much. Um, next up, we have Gwenpool, number 24. We have Miss Marvel, number 26. We have Old Man Hawkeye, number one. Interesting. Because that's Marvel's solution to everything. We need more old men. If you can't sell new characters, sell older versions of the old ones. (laughs) Because they're old. Uh, Next up, we have Old Man Logan, number 33. (laughs) Ha! (laughs) Ha! What do you know? We have Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey, number three. (laughs) <laughs> with, of course, several variants, including boob variants. Uh, of course. Did um, you really expect anything else? We have Runaways, number five. Oh, yeah. They're, I keep forgetting that that series is back. We have Secret Warriors, number 12. We have She-Hulk, number 161. We have... Uh, don't forget She-Hulk ending March. Yep. Spider-Man Cross Deadpool, number 26. We have Star Wars, Darth Vader, number 10. We have The Despicable Deadpool, number 292. Wait, 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 wait. Go back up. Did I... Is that a Darth Vader comic with Finn on the front of it? (laughs) On the variant, yes. On the variant, okay. Yes. I was about to say, there is no way that they're (laughs) making a comic where these two characters somehow impossibly meet. Well, after seeing The Last Jedi, they can justify anything they want with Ryan Johnson. I guess. Because it's going to be stupid no matter what you do. Fuck that movie. It still hurts. It's so bad. It still hurts. Fucking nerds. (laughs) Uh, Next up, (laughs) we have The Punisher, number 220. We have... I'm really sick of this Punisher war machine thing that they got going on. Because they're military men. We have the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 28, your favorite. I'll I'll kill you. (laughs) We have Venom, number 160. We have X-Men Blue, number 19, which does have a cool cover on it. And we have X-Men Gold, annual, number one, featuring the Brits. Oh, yeah, Excalibur. From DC Comics, we have Action Comics, number 995. 
With Booster, my Booster favorite. Gold. Oh, yeah, get hyped. Oh, yeah. We have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 18. Apparently, they're in France. Because <laughs> why not? <clears throat> we have Dead Man, number three. Interesting. We have Detective Comics, number 972. Wow. We have Gotham City Garage, number seven. Don't don't, buy, don't d- read this comic. Don't it's, do it. It's, uh, it's bad. Don't reward this behavior. It's really bad. <laughs> we have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 36. With a... <clears throat> is, is that a John Stewart variant? It is. Yeah. Okay. We have Harley Quinn, number 34. <clears throat> we have... Harley Quinn, be careful what you wish for, number one. We have Justice League of America, number 22. Hashtag not my Justice League. <laughs> we have Mr. Miracle, number six. Ooh, Ooh buddy. buddy. Get hyped. <laughs> That's right. We have New Superman, the Chinese version, like literally from China, uh, number 19. Interesting. We have Ragman, number four. We have Red Hood in the Outlaws, number 18. Hashtag not my Red Hood in the Outlaws. <laughs> we have Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 89. We have Scooby Apocalypse, number 21. We have Suicide Squad, number 33. We have Supergirl, number 17, covered in goop. <laughs> Is that liquid kryptonite? I hope not. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh. We have. (laughs) It's so subtle. The subtle mic fart. We have Superwoman number 18. We have The Flash number 38. We have Titans number 19. We have Wildstorm, Michael Cray number four. That dude Cray. When are we going to get Grifter? (laughs) That's what we need. And we have Wonder Woman number 38. From Dynamite Entertainment, we have BSG versus BSG number one. The hell? Whatever that is. We have... Oh, wait. Is that like Battlestar? Oh, I get it. This Battlestar Galactica. Do they wear armor and stuff? Uh, I'm not familiar with it. So they, they, they might be like doing like an old versus new and the probably the, oh. uh, the, uh, the robots that they fight. Back in the day, the Cylons. Gotcha. Those ones were like old school armor things. Gotcha, gotcha. Fucking nerds. <laughs> Got uh, Barbarella, number two, because we need more boob variants. Of course. Uh, we have Deja Thoris, number zero. That uh, looks like more boob variants. Yeah. We have Hack and Slash versus Vampirella, number four, so they can make more boob variants. More boobs. Uh, from Image Comics. We have Coyotes, number three. We have Eternal Empire, number six, which kind of looks cool. Maybe I'll pick up, see if I can pick up the old ones. Give it a try. Uh, We have Kingsman, the Red Diamond, number five. We have (coughs) Paradiso, number two, which is a comic I liked, a comic you weren't wild about. Yeah. Um, We have Port of Earth, get hyped, number three. (laughs) Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. We have Rose, number seven. We have Royal City, number nine. We have Sleepless, another comic we were reading, number two. We have Slots, number four. You know what? I'm thinking I might go back. If those 
second and third issues are still available because we read the first one. And I was like, mm, it's going kind of slow, but I kind of like the premise. Yeah. And I kind of like the art style and stuff, so I might give it another shot. We'll see. Yeah. Money will dictate. We have Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 31. We have Witchblade, number two. Again, if you're uh, not familiar, this is a reboot of the old Witchblade. The yeah. old Witchblade being... Um, unapologetically a boob comic <laughs> where all the How many characters different poses can we get her in it was a decent comic if you just tried not to like i don't know it was a boob comic feel disgusted with how much <laughs> it was just exploiting visually <laughs> the female figure uh, oh yeah um, like whoever did the drawing for this was very into it if you will <laughs> But they they actually did have pretty decent stories. The new reboot is more of a modern version where it's not just an excuse to sell boob variants and it, boob comics. It, focusing on the story yeah, this time. They wear clothes. <laughs> 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 and the, there actually was a really interesting story with the first issue. So I'm looking forward to picking up the second one. Okay. And finally from Image, we have Young Blood number eight. Young Blood. From Boom Studios, we have... Adventure Time, regular show, number six. We have Grass Kings, number 11. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Grass Kings is like weed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. We have Judas, number two, which is basically Judas goes to hell after he dies or something, and he makes a deal with the devil, and the devil has him leading like a legion of demons or something. So, Sounds legit. The first cover looked really cool. Really cool art style. I didn't read it. I just read the synopsis. But uh, I, I'm not sure why he would basically have a weak bitch who hanged himself lead an army. But, you know, that's whatever. Satan made him do it, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> but they're baller covers. I don't know. Yeah. They're really cool art style. Uh, we have Mech Cadet U, number five. We have Rocco's Modern Life, number two. <laughs> As I, I kind of love these variants where they do like <laughs> the still life with one of the Rocco characters. Yeah, I have the the first yeah. one, which was jarring, which now is why I had to pair. have it. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I, I kind of have to have it now. Uh, we have The Power of the Dark Crystal, number 10, which has the monstrous artist variant, which I love. Uh, we have WWE. Royal Rumble 2018 special number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have from IDW. <laughs> Sorry, did I cut you off there? Were you oh, no, no. I, I wasn't going to go for anything further than that. I, I, there's I only... am Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who live in the Columbus area, you probably know about the Gateway Film Center. And one of the things that they've taken to doing recently to get people to shut the fuck up in the theater is to show a video of all of these old school wrestlers doing their heavy breathing. Where they say, don't talk during the movie, and also take it easy on the heavy breathing. (laughs) 
It's really gross when uh, you watch it, though. <laughs> it's disgusting. They, they zoom in on their like moisture-covered mouth because they're getting all jacked and stuff. <laughs> There's spit yeah. water. Oh, God, it's so gross. <laughs> it's but so funny. You can find the clip on the internet, I'm sure of it, but... Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> From IDW, we have G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 247. Just like Captain America, Hail Hydra. Uh, none of that. We have Saucer State, number six. Wonder what that's about. I wonder. We have Star Wars Adventures, Forces of Destiny, Ray. Uh, Fucking nerds. We have uh, Sword of Ages, number two. Now, this book, written by a person I love for his work on Lock and Key as a co-creator, specifically the artist, but that first issue was awful. <laughs> It was so bad. It, it was. It, it was not, like not he, bad in that it wasn't artistically creative. Bad in that it ripped off basically every kind of fantasy or sci-fi thing you could imagine, with, and put them all into one dumb, convoluted story. With how all over the place it was, I couldn't tell whether or not he had gone off his meds <laughs> or had <laughs> decided to take someone else's. Yeah, I love the creator. But the book is bad. I'm, maybe I'll give the second issue a shot just because I love him so much, and I hope that maybe he'll maybe make something it'll of it. it. Yeah, yeah, but I have serious doubts. Next up, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 78. From Titan Books, we have Atlas and Axis, number one. We have Doctor Who, New Adventures with the 11th Doctor, year three, number 13. Fuck you. <laughs> Sonic, screw yourself. <laughs> we have Fighting American, number four. We have Norman D. Gold, number five. We have The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest, number two. For those of you who don't want to read an actual book. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one with pretty pictures. <laughs> we have The Lost Fleet, Corsair, number five. From Valiant, we actually have releases this week. Oh, hooray. Yeah. We have Bloodshot Salvation, number five. I think they heard us calling them out last week. Uh, probably. Of course, most of them are variants, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers. We have <laughs> Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, number one. <laughs> so we have two releases and a ton of variants for each. Sounds about right. My apologies. I misled you all. <laughs> From Archie Comics, we have Archie, number 27. We have The Archies, number four. And we have World of Archie Jumbo Comics Digest, number 75. From Aftershock Comics, we have Alters, number nine. We have Blood Blister, number three. We have Monstro Mechanica, number two. We have Pestilence, number six. From Lion Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime, a cell, number three, or XL, but spelled A-C-C-E-L-L. We have Catalyst Prime, Astonisher, number four. We have Ghost Money, number six. And that's it for Lion's Forge. From Oni Press, we have The Damned, number seven. From Scout Comics, we have Stabity Bunny, number one. What? Stabity Bunny. Somebody stabbed me in the eyes. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and that 
is all the releases coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. Who's going to get it this time? That was weak. That was weak. I expected more from you. Well, these releases that... Get hyped. This is a life-changing award, uh, sir. Okay. Look at Bob. Uh, Look, I'm looking at Bob. Bob is thrilled. Is he? Is he? (laughs) (laughs) What do you say, Bob? They're the greatest of the week. For justice. <laughs> and my name is in one of them. Bob? Bat! <laughs> uh, Bob, you are my number one. <laughs> A guy. <laughs> uh, it, okay, let's change some lives. Let's change it. <laughs> so first up, our cover, regular cover of the week goes to... Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 18. Woo, buddy. As done by Yannick Paquette, who may or may not have been on this before. I'm not sure. But Yannick Paquette has uh, drawn a cool version of Batgirl, Huntress, and Black Canary uh, on top of the Eiffel Tower in a lightning storm. Probably not the smartest thing you could do, especially when you're wearing fishnets. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it, here's my question though. They're called the Birds of Prey. Only one of them has a bird name, and the particular bird that she's named after doesn't hunt anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their their name's a little misleading. Uh, a little bit. Also, I like how they had to put. They used to be Birds of Prey. I yeah. like how they had to reboot it and make it Batgirl Bat and the Birds of Prey <laughs> because that way they'll sell more covers. <laughs> so God. stupid. That probably tells you that the story isn't very good. Probably I haven't read not. it. No context. But usually when they have to change the title <laughs> in the middle of the run oh, to sell more issues, it's yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, no. But yeah. And this is also the Batgirl, the version of Batgirl I absolutely hate. <laughs> oh. It's the reboot. Of the reboot that uh. they did at the end of New 52 where Gail Simone left and they brought in some asshole that made Barbara Gordon this fucking, like, petty, like, <laughs> like I don't know. just <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, petty, dumb, like, just dim-witted, like, useless suburban crime fighter. Someone so, who isn't Batgirl. It was so bad. Yeah, they after they t- what Gail Simone gave her, like they, they turned just this character her. into something completely different, and as a result, the character is damn near unrecognizable. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of the bright purple suit with a bright yellow bat. Like, I know it's been done before, but that was with Stephanie Brown, and it was awful then. <laughs> and yeah, Barbara Gordon deserves better. Yeah, she does. I love Barbara Gordon, and I hate what you've done with her. <laughs> Of course, maybe the character's better, but the costume's still awful. So, yeah, probably not going to. And if she's still fighting crime in the suburbs, then go fuck yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Making her the title character. Nobody thinks of Batgirl when they think of the Birds of Prey either. They think of Black Canary. Right. Black Canary is the star of Birds of Prey, (laughs) not Batgirl. Right. If anything, she should have her own title. Yeah. Well, they tried, and they made her into a punk rock singer. 
So yeah, that's what you did, guys. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? It was dumb. Oh, <laughs> it was real dumb. But this cover is not dumb because it's awesome, and I'm a sucker for any kind of in the rain covers when they're done well. Don't know why. Just can't help myself. I love them. Oh yeah. And this one is aesthetically cool. It's got the storming, you know, rain clouds behind them and the lightning strike. I like how Batgirl's throwing up the cape in the wind and they're standing on top of the tower in stylish poses. And maybe this is the fanboy in me a little bit, but eh, I like it. So Yeah. And quite honestly, I, I wasn't a big fan of the regular covers. And of the few regular covers I was a fan of, I'm not really sure if they were variants or regulars or not because uh-huh. of the way they were listed. So my apologies to those covers, but I just didn't want to take the chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but good on you, Yannick Paquette. Um I don't know if we'll be able to tell you whether the cover mass drapes next week. Probably not. Number 18. And quite frankly, I don't want to read it. <laughs> Love Birds of Prey. Don't like New Bad Girl. And if she's the star, not interested. Um, next up, our variant cover of the week goes to Marvel's Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey, number three, the Hans cover. Oh, man. Done by Stephanie Hans. Now this one I chose uh, because it actually tells a story. That's that, that's when I love the covers the most when they actually tell a story and it's not just a mishmash of just things poorly posed characters cool. da- drawn yeah. in bad proportions or something. Yeah. Um, this one I really like because it does kind of flesh out the backstory with you know Cyclops and Jean in a way if you're familiar with these characters. Yeah. And I like how she's kind of using her Phoenix power to kind of. Keep the lasers at bay. <laughs> she's just like kind of As haphazardly she, blocking the beams. Yeah. Which is just like, As, uh, it's nothing to her. It's fine. Yeah. And it's hard to say whether she's doing it to manipulate him based on the way she this cover is drawn or whether it's actually a romantic interest. So yeah. I, you can never tell with the Phoenix. Yeah. You can never tell. So I really, really dug this cover just because it was drawn in a way that suggests so much about the character, even if you're not familiar with them. Right. Where it does have still, the kind of romantic thing going, but the way she looks, it's a little more sinister than you'd think. Right. So, There's always a bit of mystery to this one. And of course, just back to basics, it's drawn well. You know? Yeah. Um, of course, most of it's shrouded in fire, so it's hard to tell what's going on in the background there. But, but the the, the you figures see that the, the thing that's important about this, absolutely, which is the yeah. two of them. And I love the work with the colors and everything. Hopefully, this isn't a three D transition cover or something. The one you picked up last week was actually really nice, but oh yeah, um, I'm hoping this one isn't just because of the way it's drawn. Let's hope. But really love it. Great job to Stephanie Hans. You did an awesome job, and you are awarded our variant cover of the week. And this one, we probably will tell you if the cover mass drapes, because I'm pretty sure you're going to pick it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Look forward to hearing whether the cover match drapes next week. And for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comic books. Mm. Hmm. Emery, what is your topic? My topic is one that I've honestly off and on been thinking about for a while, mostly because, okay, we have these two huge companies, Marvel and DC, releasing movies. One set of them is okay to good. The other set of them has one okay one and the rest are bad. And we've been kind of stuck with this kind of two-party system. It's time to go third party a little bit. Oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. 
image, I'm looking at you. Todd McFarlane has been talking about coming back and doing a Spawn movie for quite some time. And I thought it'd be... And it's happening. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Get hyped. Directed by Todd McFarlane. But no one's been cast yet. That's true. Let's do a fan cast. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, when you brought this topic up in pre-post, I was was a little tentative because... A, I'm not as familiar with Spawn as you are, and B, from what I remember and from what I know, a lot of the characters are just like big monster guys that would basically be CG. That is a very common misconception. Beyond the main guy and the wife. A lot of the villain characters, given the nature of the character himself being a... Hell Spawn, thus the name. It would make sense that a lot of these characters are given some CGI. But I would say that for the first outing, <clears throat> the CGI should only be relegated to him and whatever spiritual villain, if they even decide to go that route for his first movie. They probably first. Will. All right, we're making a franchise. Here. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> this this character has a long, storied, and very rare in the comic book industry, not rebooted history. Well, I mean, he he killed God <laughs> and kind of rebooted his own universe, but you know. That aside, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let, let's see here. Most of the characters that he interacts with are characters that are just regular people, military people, or characters that might need a little bit of CGI working. Um, and then there's a huge CGI monster. So before we start with our casting. Yeah. I have one question to you. The original Spawn movie. Good or great? <laughs> oh, that is a great movie if you completely cut out John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bad movie. Ugh. It's a real bad movie. <laughs> Sorry. By cutting out John Leguizamo, you cut out like an entire third of this movie. <laughs> oh. Like I, I get it. I really do. He was kind of the a big deal back in the '90s, and we wanted to do something a little funny, a little quirky, a little interesting with our sadistic clown demon. But all we got was a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if, which is kind of ironic for me, being a fleeting Spawn fan who's just been there. When it's convenient, really. Yeah, maybe may um, seen a couple of comics, maybe seen a little bit of the animation. Yeah, I love the Todd McFarlane art style and everything and the universe he kind of built around it, but for me, I always thought it would work best as a cartoon or some kind of animated thing. A very, very just, adult just, cartoon. Just because of the environment. And, and you you actually told me about it, the HBO cartoon they had for a little while. Yes. But... uh. It might have been my brother-in-law, actually. I don't know. <laughs> it was one of you two. Yeah. Um, There's definitely, I think, three seasons of that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
So I, that I always envision it not translating well to the big screen just because of the characters. But please, oh yeah, yeah educate yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, uh, with a lot of the like huge, larger than life characters, there are creatures like the Violator that will require some CGI. There are things like Overkill, who's basically a big, roided-out, like, half-machine, gun-toting fuck. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're talking about Spawn. I'm going to go full R. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but there's also, like, a slew of mobsters, military people, regular people like his his wife uh who because of him dying he became a widow. Uh his daughter who because of him dying has to be raised by a single parent up until, you know, someone fills the position as it were. Now, it, is it technically cheating if you died? And you're a hell spawn who will probably be incapable of making love to her ever again. How long was he dead? I don't know. About like, a year. Like, he he was according to the movie, it was about a year that you can kind of play that particular thing fast <laughs> and loose if you want. But the idea was that he was gone long enough for her to grieve, move on. And shack up with someone else. Oh, yeah. Shack up with someone else long enough for this other person to kind of be seen as a father figure and not, you know, the random dude who comes around every once in a while. Get it. (laughs) Uh, With that said, these are characters that, like, you can easily cast these people, uh, and these would be very inexpensive to film. Uh, the, the the very big deal about it is Spawn and who you're going to get to wear that makeup. So and number one, who is Spawn? Spawn? We had Michael Jai White do it once. And honestly, his performance was very comic booky, to say the least. <laughs> um. With that being said, he's, he he knows much better nowadays how to act than he did back then. I wouldn't cast him for that role, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would <laughs> actually... <laughs> said the fleeting fan of Spawn. <laughs> the movie, that movie's so bad. <laughs> if I see him again, I'll just, I'm just going to see that movie in my head. <laughs> Which is why we don't cast him in that spot again. (laughs) We get someone like Mike Coulter. This is a guy who right now has been used a little bit here and there, uh, aside from his the main series, Luke Cage. It's like they're they're really not using him very much at all. I think. He could do pretty well in a starring role where they, instead of trying to force him to be some weirdly straight-laced, neutered mm-hmm. version of Luke Cage, we actually let him go full our balls to the wall with Spawn. Well, I, I'm not familiar with any 
his actual work because I haven't watched Luke Cage yet. But he does have the first qualifier. He's jacked. <laughs> He's a big man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he could do it. As long as he's wearing, willing to wear a lot of prosthetics that are probably going to itch the shit out of him. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like he could probably get away with just a mask. You know, For most of it. For most of it, yeah. And, and that's one thing that. that I think needs to be addressed. In the first movie, they, they went really hard in the paint with the whole living costume type deal. Yeah, a which little, is, little too much. It, it, that, that was very much a, like a McFarlane thing to do. Yeah. It was like, we get it. You made Venom. You want to do it for real now. <laughs> that being said, there are several places where you get to see him pull off the mask in both the animation and I think the comics. Where he just he pulls it off like it's cloth. It can reappear because yeah. fuck it, he's a hellspawn. Mm. But let's let's do. Le- I feel like they should take the Deadpool approach, you know, where when it's yeah. convenient, mask on. When you really need it, have him take it off. Right, and the thing that I loved about Deadpool was that they actually showed someone actually like physically taking it off, and what it would obviously be like to have one of those things on. Yeah, it was like for Deadpool. Velcro in the back. <laughs> Makes sense. Him being able to move his eyes and whatnot, not so much, but fuck it. Th- th- it this works. Is Deadpool. It works. We-, we love that shit. <laughs> um, with Spawn, we could do much of the same thing. Honestly, we should be doing much of the same thing. <laughs> I don't know why we would do anything else. Well, the thing is, you know you're going to have a budget that's very similar, if not less, yeah. than Deadpool. So I feel like Deadpool has already set up everything you need in that context. Right. Including the R rating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> including the costume design. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, well, with seeing the success of Deadpool, I would, I would assume that they would actually go a little bit more because this is there's a couple of things that this movie can do that Deadpool can't do and that's the let's go not just military but let's go like a little bit more extravagant with the powers because that's much like Deadpool he can heal but it comes at a cost one of the other things that this movie needs to establish is the demon counter. You know, like for those of you actually familiar with Spawn, you'll know what I'm talking about. But there is a literal countdown based on like his power usage or his regeneration or whatnot that literally takes away the amount of time that he's able to have in the physical plane. Yeah, <clears throat> and that that definitely needs to be established if you're a nerd (laughs) the easiest uh comparison to draw would be when the dragon ball z characters aren't (laughs) wished back but are granted temporary life like goku or vegeta in the boo series (laughs) and they only have a certain amount of time and when they use their powers excessively it It takes draws from that time that they have left yeah Similar concept. Similar concept. <laughs> For you fucking nerds out there. <laughs> How did I know that? Don't ask. 
Fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a similar thing. But we're not talking about the powers. We're talking about the casting here. Yeah. Could he play the role? <laughs> I think so. I think one problem they're going to run into, beyond, again, drawing away from casting for a second. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, with production costs, is there's no way I don't even think they'll be able to approach like Deadpool sizes of money for production. And I only say this for two reasons. One, Spawn doesn't have the fan pool that a Marvel character has, especially in an established universe. You're not wrong. And the second one is, particularly in the United States, there's a very concerned group of very religious individuals who will see this as satanic, you know, anti christ god whatever because he has a history (laughs) of uh fighting with such individuals right Um, uh he he does as well as the devil yeah Uh, Um, that's the thing about this character who's a hell spawn he is in a lot of cases i wouldn't say indiscriminate about which side he fights because he's fought both demons and angels yeah for the sake of you know is it survival yeah. or whatever the hell he wants to achieve? Yeah, but, uh, it, it, yeah. So there's I, that. I think there's two things there that'll maybe hurt the marketing a little bit, and I don't think the R rating would be a factor really. Because let's face it, if you're some grandma who sees some <laughs> superhero like, oh, little Billy, you love this. Let's take little Billy to spawn. <laughs> you know, it's like those like grandmas. They got all angry because they take their five year old to Deadpool. <laughs> and they're having a pegging scene in the middle of it, and yeah, like <gasps> yeah. I can't believe they would have this in this movie. <laughs> Why would they do that? It's like he's dressed up like a superhero. It's like, did you not see the R rating? Yeah, did you not see the R rating? So- <laughs> There's some factors that I think would very much limit, you know, and Todd McFarlane, as much as we love him as a comic book creator, he's not a director. No. So well, he would, yeah. he would struggle there, uh, drawing a crowd. Yeah. Well, while that is true, as far as the religious aspect of it, uh, my argument against that is the existence of the series known as Lucifer. Which is on its third season currently mm-hmm. on the Fox channel. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> point taken. If, if you make it hot and sexy enough, anyone will at least give it a look. Meanwhile, <laughs> NBC. NBC. Canceled Constantine. What the fuck, guys? I'm Constantine. Hashtag save Constantine, you. you fucks. It might have been CBS. I think it was NBC, though. It was NBC. It was totally NBC. Putting it on Friday, the slot of death. You assholes. <sighs> How dare you do that to Matt Ryan? Right? Meanwhile, uh, he gets to show up again in, like, <laughs> I'm still Constantine, guys, on shows like uh, Arrow <laughs> or Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know. It's like being an established wrestler. You can just come back whenever you want, get a paycheck, and fucking book it out of there. I do what I want. You know, to do the long tours or anything. Yeah. Just be stone cold and show up once in a while, <laughs> wreck shit, and leave. <laughs> it just sounds like it's, someone's a drunk uncle. Yeah. It's still me. <laughs> is that not what stone cold is? I mean, you're not wrong. It's just your 
angry, drunk uncle. Who's somehow way too big. <laughs> Somebody tell him to stop working out. Stop taking roids. We can't handle this. Um, but back to casting. Back to so- casting. Sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> M- minor deviation from the main thing. So we have our main character. Yeah. We have our spawn. Who who who's next? Um uh, well for every hell spawn that shows up, there has to be a handler. His handler, for some reason, has always been a clown. And we we need someone who's it. It, it. <laughs> does not need to be someone who's a comedian normally. Mm. We don't need someone who makes people laugh. We need someone to How be about a Louis g- Anderson. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never that. Hey guys. I'm Louis Anderson. <laughs> you like demons? <laughs> no. No, no fucking no. <laughs> we need someone who's willing to be gross. We need someone Louis CK. Oh, boom! Too soon? Is it too soon? <laughs> I feel like Louis C.K. would appreciate that joke. I, I feel like if he were in the movie, everyone in the in the cast would be saying hashtag Me Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have a scene in the middle where he jacks off in a ficus in front of his coworkers or something. And that's what, actually that's what draws the demons to him. I actually wouldn't doubt that being in a comic book. <laughs> Todd McFarlane, either take the idea or don't. I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, if you want gross comedians, there's plenty. Oh, I could do this all day. Oh, 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 oh. It's yeah. the pudding poppin'. Oh, no. No, no. We can't use Bill Cosby for this. (laughs) Why not? He's already got the lazy eye. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It it would be easier if this person were ridiculously short and overweight. (laughs) But if we've seen anything from the first movie, you can take a skinny Puerto Rican and put him in a fat suit and make him kind of duck down a bit. (laughs) And that'll somehow work. Yeah. Um, preferably, we would get someone like, uh, I want to say Brad Dourif. I'm not even sure who that is. Oh, uh, Let me look him up. This is a guy who, uh, he played Wormtongue in Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I recognize him now. With his with long hair, he kind of has a Tommy Wiseau look to yeah, him a little he bit. He does look a lot like Tommy Wiseau. A lot like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> it's... Oh, he looks exactly like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Oh hi Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh hi no. Demon. <laughs> oh hi Spawn. Uh so how is his sex life? Oh, you don't have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, a funny story, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could totally see him. I think he'd be good for the role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him doing it. Um, oh, he was in Exorcist 3. 
<laughs> Wait, but why he's, though? He's familiar with the concept. Yeah. Um he's familiar with being gross. Okay, so next up on the list. Next up on the list we have Sam and Twitch. These boys. The classic Lincoln Stout of the series. <laughs> there are two hard-boiled, grizzled detectives who are somehow still doing the job, even though the job keeps beating them down a little bit more and a little bit more every time. And that's before they end up encountering a fucking, like, urban legend slash myth character that happens to show up in their midst. (laughs) Yeah, they have a... Quite a role in this series. We'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how it's handled. Uh, yeah. So who who would you cast as Sam? Uh, Our plump but lovable <laughs> Donald Logue, the the guy who they're who they've used for uh, uh what's the show Gotham? Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting about it because I never watch it. <laughs> That first season started good until they started emphasizing bat child. <laughs> he was a boy. Now, now he's, he's a, a bat. bat. <laughs> I think Bob took offense. Uh, it, so, quiet, Bob. quiet, Bob. <laughs> you, you shut the uh, fuck sh- up, Bob. Uh, sh- you don't have arms sh- or legs. This is but the flesh wound. <laughs> Rolling around on the on his head. Yeah, on sticks. Sticky boy. Uh, it, yeah. Donald Logue as uh, another grizzled, hard-boiled, pra- probably a little... Typecast? <laughs> a little typecast, maybe, yeah. Detective. <clears throat> so who would be Twitch, then? Twitch? Oh, I want someone <clears throat> like Gary Oldman to handle it, but someone younger. Younger, but also mustached. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's possible for just about anybody. Uh, yeah. I feel uh, like you need somebody with really messy red hair. Somebody that can wear the role well. There is actually a guy, uh, <laughs> Matthew Gray Goobler. Uh, he's been on the show uh, Criminal Minds for quite some time. And it's like he has the messy hair for it, and he's pretty thin. Yeah, he's pretty lanky. Yeah, he's like he—he he could be a tall, lanky fuck who just has to act a bit more grizzled and a bit more. Um, Give him a mustache. A mustache. Maybe have him sit in the sun for a little bit, lighten his hair, uh, or diet. You know, whichever. Also, his hair really isn't that important. The important thing is that he he's the detective who has to put up with uh, the stocky asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have the detectives named. We have a handler name. We have Spawn himself named. I feel like we need to touch on the wife right? the family. Right. Um, I would want to say... Taraji P. Henson because she's kind of becoming a uh, new hot thing right now. Uh, but I think she wants 
a role other than being someone's wife. Yeah, I mean, she's a great actress, but I feel like maybe she's a little, little too old for the role. Probably. Maybe a little bit, especially if you're trying to make this a franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Who would be younger, but also kind of badass and established? And there's a maybe Gabrielle Union. Hmm. And she's always got a youthful look. <laughs> I would say uh, Zoe Saldana, but she's already taken. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> um, hmm. Queen Latifah. No! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against you, Queen Latifah, but th- this is this is not the role for you. <laughs> Maybe it would have in the 90s, but n- not now. Um, Maybe Halle Berry? She's too old. She doesn't look it. She, uh, she still doesn't look it, sure, but... Damn. Still smoking. Yeah, yeah she's always going to have it. But she's al- also always going to be Storm in the eyes of everyone. <laughs> or for those of you who She's are... just the bikini woman from Swordfish to me. And she's still living down the Catwoman thing to me. Oh, yeah, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, go back up. Up, 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 up. I was up. thinking maybe the actress from the new Star Trek, but she's a little young. Yeah, she's a little too young. Um... There's this girl who starred in uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Paula Patton? I think she could do it. I think she also has a TV show right now, but I think she could do it. Yeah, I think she she looks about the right age. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Paula Patton. Let's go with that one. Not familiar with her work. Hopefully she's a good actress. Taking your word for it. Uh, it, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she she did well enough. She looks the part. Yeah, she did well enough in uh, Mission Impossible. Do you have a child star in mind for the daughter? A child star. Slash teenage star. Who would I cast as Cyan, his daughter? Um, Thinking maybe the kid from... Blackish. It, it needs to be younger. This is like a kid, kid. That's the thing with this. You could use any generic child. child. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what Cyan is. She's kind of just a generic child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we'll pass on her. Yeah, we'll pass on that because you could use anyone. <laughs> How about stepdad? Stepdad. Ooh. Uh, we need a Bob for the spawn. <laughs> Stranger Things season two, Bob. Oh, hashtag the real hero. <laughs> hashtag. Oh, uh, who would I cast? Who would I cast? You could. Man, that's the thing with this character. You could literally use anyone mm-hmm. because, like, the point of him is that he's just the stand-in. Or th- that, you know, he'll eventually have to die at some point. So it's not really important who that is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make him generic guy. Generic guy. Uh, Sean Astin, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay. Like he he would be the one who could take a generic character and actually give it character. So did we miss any big ones? Uh what, Jason what? Wynn. This is the guy who basically puts him on a suicide mission. Okay. Or so we need a tough military dude. Yeah. Uh someone older, someone more general like I Terrence Howard? <laughs> uh, maybe. He better. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let me do Iron Man 2 because they wouldn't pay me what I want. I'll go over to this one and play the villain and also probably die in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., kiss my ass! <laughs> Going to spawn. <laughs> yeah, uh, could I somehow be played... Uh, be paid more than the lead actor, please? <laughs> no. Now, to be fair, I think he was just asking for anything even comparable <laughs> to the $40 million Robert Downey Jr. was grossing. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the circumstance. I don't know the people. But <laughs> the only problem with that is they didn't use him nearly as much as they used Robert Downey Jr. This is like... That's- it's like they use Don for... Cheadle plenty, though. Yeah, they, they get paid for the work that you do. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Poor Terrence. Uh, unless you're Robert Downey Jr., then poor we'll just me. pay you for your face. Poor me. Poor, poor you. <laughs> now I have to suffer through Don Cheadle. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> you shut your butt. <laughs> Don he's Cheadle not, is he's, great. He's not War Machine. He's a scrawny, <laughs> weird. <laughs> Let's use Don Cheadle for this one. Fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, for this one, I want to go with uh, the last time they used... uh, Arnold? No. Uh, They they used uh, Martin Sheen. Hmm. I feel like he's a little old and fat, though. Oh, yeah. We're not using him again. What are you, nuts? (laughs) We we had him die off screen as Uncle Ben. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, let's go with Brian Cranston. Okay, okay, okay. You're selling me. Okay. Uh, it's like all you have to do is be kind of like an older gentleman who maybe for like one or two scenes. Gets up in like full on military garb. The rest of them, you're basically in a suit behind a desk. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Get Brian Cranston on that. Oh, yeah. And he sounds fucking evil when we, he wants to. We need more Brian Cranston. Yes, in our lives. we do. Okay. Yeah, can we please He not... wasted half his career on Malcolm in the Middle. We need to thank him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With something more than Breaking Bad. And maybe not. And the Power w- Rangers Zordon. Oh. <laughs> they wasted him so hard. Hey, he, he started his career on Power Rangers. So he, he did, and he did them a solid by showing up. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, also thank you for Power Rangers giving a nod to him by naming one of their characters after him, <laughs> Billy <laughs> Cranston. With that being said, he he could sound deliciously evil. Yeah, he'd sell it pretty good. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Breaking Bad. You know what I'm talking about. So are we just going generic CG for the celestial beings, specifically the devil? 
or oh well this is the thing where they have a unique opportunity to kind of do a twist on it we could go with the overblown cgi like armored and all of the other obscenely like overdone stuff yeah or <gasps> we could downplay it a bit and maybe oh. it, and here's the thing it would be up playing and downplaying at the same time have them dress up in like real stuff real practical stuff yeah and maybe kind of mess with camera angles a bit to make them look big big look huge yeah the thing that they tried and failed to do with Apocalypse. Now, I'm trying to remember if the devil or any of the major demons like showed up on Earth in like a non-demonic form. Did that ever happen? I feel like it did. But uh, I mean, there are characters like Mammon who shows up, and he's basically the Antichrist. He's just <laughs> yeah. a dude in a business suit. Um, ha! Eh. Who would have thought? Who would have guessed? Um, there, there are hashtag fake news. <laughs> I know the Antichrist. He's a real good guy. Yeah. Great guy. All the people love him. Uh, there are other characters like... Uh, There's bad people all around. <laughs> bad people on both sides. <laughs> both sides have bad people. That's what I keep hearing. That's what they tell me. <laughs> That's what all the people tell me. <laughs> good people, great people, oh. smart people, the smartest people. Yeah, that that would be a fun character. <laughs> <laughs> um. There are angelic characters like uh, the Admonisher, uh, who like big winged fuckers who like come down like fully armored and shit. Yeah. Um, this would be an opportunity to kind of do something a little different with them, with the camera angles that I was talking about, and also maybe playing up some of the like. Sometimes they like to take on a human form. Other times they like to show their true form, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's lots of characters you could do that with, mm -hmm. um, and lots of different voices. I would actually want for Malbolgia, the uh, head demon in charge. Um, I would actually go back and use Ciaran Hines or Kieran Hines. Uh, the guy that they got to voice Steppenwolf, who they completely wasted in that role. You know how you can really save money? Just take Steppenwolf and put him over <laughs> here. <laughs> That's a demon character. <laughs> Generic demon guy. Mm. That'll work. Yeah. Save money. At least he's not purple. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> now, Thanos will be great. He'll be fine. Except he won't wear his helmet for some stupid reason. It'll come back. I wear it when I'm sitting on my ass on the throne in <laughs> space, but I won't wear it when I'm in the middle of a fight. He got out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little busy at the pawn shop, and he didn't have enough time to grab his helmet on the way out the door. He was like on his space, you know, Samsung Galaxy 8. He... <laughs> Gets like a message. Ooh, they found the stones. <laughs> Let me run out and get those right now. Armor. Yeah, those stones eh. can change reality. Tree fitty. Yeah. Tree fitty. <laughs> Tree fitty. It's best I can do. Yeah. Tree fitty. Let me get those. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Well, like that that's my fan cast so far. 
I could probably amend that later, but those are the characters you have to worry about. Sounds right out pretty of the gate. solid. I mean, yeah. Brian Cranston alone sells me. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> Brian Cranston's the man. Oh yeah, more of him, please. Terrence Howard could also be the man. Just saying. Uh, we we could use him somewhere else. You know, <laughs> yeah. there are other characters he could play. Just none of the ones I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he has his own fucking show, Empire. He's busy right now. Yeah, yeah I guess he's doing all right. <laughs> Jeez, Terrence. I don't Come know on. how many seasons that show Empire's got. Um, but let's get into the next topic. Yeah. This one will be a quick one, hopefully. Because <laughs> we got to wrap up. But Oh, yeah. Um, my topic is you are tasked with creating... A band, a rock band, or metal band, whatever you prefer, featuring superhero characters. Who plays what in your band? And if you can think of a name, what would you name it? Now, I have some ideas. Please. I'll throw some ideas out there. All right. Because I already have an idea for a boy band, and I think you're going to find it hilarious. Now, I think we're going to need a boy band. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with the rock group. Now, you're going to need at least two different styles. I'm going man-woman for vocals. Okay. For the female vocals, I I think it's just obvious. Uh, Black Canary. Are are you doing like a superhero Fleetwood Mac? (laughs) (laughs) No, more like a Evanescence before they can the other guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because he wanted to write a song, and they're like, fuck you, you're fired. <laughs> that poor bastard. You know who the real star here is. <laughs> <laughs> but I can some, write things, too. Then she wrote some terrible songs. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Missed opportunity. Call you when I'm sober. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, Black Canary is the obvious one, even though I hated it in the comic book because <laughs> they were doing it in the actual canon story. Right. This is a comical situation. Yeah. Black Canary, because obviously she's got the pipes to do it. Oh, obviously. And if she wants to do Master Exploder, she fucking can. <gasps> I did not mean, he did not mean, to <laughs> blow your mind, to blow, blow your mind. mind. <laughs> that shit happens to me all the time. <laughs> so that one's my obvious choice of course because black canary can actually do that <laughs> um for lead uh vocals for the guy i think this one's also pretty obvious i'm going with the marvel and human character black bolt <laughs> i forgot i forgot I, think I, I got lightning in my head i'm like no that's not what it is <laughs> Black good, Bolt. Good old Black Hagar Boltagon. <laughs> <laughs> because that guy. Again, he can blow your mind. <laughs> Quite literally with his voice. Uh, yeah, you would get past maybe two words, and it, this would be an episode of uh, Black Bolt Kills the Audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I think those ones are pretty darn obvious. Easy to make up. Um now we have the tough task, guitar, bass, maybe rhythm guitar, and drums. Mm. Now, your first thought would be, for drums, you got to get a big guy. You got to get a Hulk, or you got to get like 
the thing, or you got to get somebody huge and jacked so you can on shit. Some big fuck. But I'm going to go with She-Hulk because she's actually smart enough in her Hulk form to not destroy things, to not destroy everything, and keep rhythm, and is still as strong as Hulk because that's how we add diverse characters. <laughs> so, wait, they have a girl drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, I'm looking at you. Yeah, but I think I think She Hulk would be perfect because she is so jacked, but she's also hot, <laughs> and she isn't dumb like Hulk is in his Hulk form. Right. So she can maintain the rhythm and not fuck up everybody. Because we all know the drummer is the core of the band. If you got a bad drummer, everything's going to fall apart at some point. But I want to drum real hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're upbeat. I'm upbeat. You're upbeat. Here's a metronome. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> so, She-Hulk's my drummer. Black Bolt is my male singer. Black Canary is my female singer. And now we come to guitars and bass. Now, this stuff is hard. Right. You have to have Lobo in there somewhere. Oh. Let's face it. Oh, you got the main man. You you can't have a rock band with, you know, superheroes without the main man. (laughs) You just can't. It's just, it's not allowed. (laughs) The problem is he's so big and goofy and gaudy. I don't think he could play a finesse instrument like a guitar. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, of... don't, don't you put Lobo in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, emo Lobo, maybe. Oh, no. But we'll leave we never talk. We... Smashing Pumpkins or something. We never talk about that Lobo. <laughs> never. So the main man, I feel like he should be our hype man. He should be the guy going from stage to stage going, He should be the guy setting off the fireworks, you know, being the main man. Rocking like the main man. He's basically like, what if you got the entire band of Kiss into one person <laughs> <laughs> and gave him dreads? Yeah. Um. So that still leaves vacancies at our guitar spot and our bass spot. Yeah, it does. Now, for the guitar spot, I have a guy in mind. Okay. My problem here is that people are going to call me out on it. It's Nightwing. Now, let me tell you why. Uh, okay. Okay, because his fingers totally aren't broken from fighting crime. No, they're not. Because <laughs> he swings on a trapeze. <laughs> and he uses sticks. and <laughs> Not like Batman, who uses his bare hands. Exactly. <laughs> um, who else can fight in a leotard? That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but I would choose Nightwing, not because I love Nightwing, but because and because I'm also a lead guitarist who wants to be Nightwing, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Fuck me. <laughs> um, I think Nightwing would be perfect for it because he fits the lead guitarist mantra. He's hot, but he's not going to outstage the lead singers. He has very, we'll say, flexible <laughs> abilities <laughs> because of his background and his training that he is able to finesse a guitar very well he has flexible long fingers he's a tall lanky guy like me yeah <laughs> and any other really good lead guitars that you can think of other than zach wild yeah um, they're all tall and lanky and got long ridiculous fingers um there is actually a youtube video called grayson earth one 
that I want you to check out later. <laughs> this is a, a fan-made video where it the premise is, what if Dick Grayson lost his parents and Batman never adopted him? Um, <laughs> it starts with him as a musician. Uh, and it's like he kind of has the like face paint instead of the mask, but it's like he... You should check it out. <laughs> like now, he, yeah. I I'm instead of going like rhythm guitar, lead guitar. I'm thinking like um, like dual guitars, kind of like uh, Iron Maiden, maybe. Yeah. Or like uh, like a call and response maybe Judas type Priest thing. or something like that. Or, yeah. Um, well, not that I like this band, but Dragon Force or something like that. Um, <laughs> they make good albums. Uh, they? Dude, they just they just can't perform on stage. Yeah, and then they yell at their fans when they get booed. <laughs> um, what? We just broke another string. Yeah, I saw them live. They're oh man, they were such dicks. Oh. Well, the lead singer was a dick. Were, I don't know. Yeah, that'll ruin but, it. Um, I'm thinking Nightwing on one guitar because of all the traits I I named. The second guitarist, I want to be Silver Surfer. And I'll tell you why. Because he's Norin totally red. Because Joe Satriani based an entire album, Flying with the Alien, on, on Silver Surfer. Yeah. And he would be the Joe Satriani of the band. Oh, Satch Boogie. Oh, oh yeah. B- oh, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way to bring that Flying one out. Flying with the Alien. So I think that's a match made in heaven simply oh. because it's been established. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And who doesn't want to see a dude fucking riffing and going on a solo all up and down the fretboard on a fucking cosmic surfboard through the crowd. Well, not just... So yeah, we got Nightwing, we got Silver Surfer on guitars, and now we come for the hard part, the bass. Oh, buddy. Now, you need somebody who can shake the earth, who can really make things rumble. (laughs) All right. I'm thinking Colossus. Ooh. He's big. <laughs> He's metal. <laughs> and oh. he could probably play bass, because let's face it, anybody can play bass. <laughs> <laughs> bass players, we love you. But yeah, anybody can play bass. <laughs> <laughs> hard. Some people can play the bass well. Right. But anyone could play. But anybody could play, play bass. bass. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be my band. Now, I gotta think of a name. Yeah. But I'll hold that to the end. Cause I have ideas, but I'm not sure. Okay. So why okay. don't you run me through your ideas? So my idea is a boy band. Got a finger bang bang in my life. Thank you, South Park, <laughs> for giving us that. Um, I'd rather have Moop. <laughs> everyone would rather have Moop. <laughs> uh, this is a boy band, very much like in sync, as you'll find with the casting of these characters. Um, to start off, we would have Wolverine, the one everyone knows, as the broody bad boy. he can kind of move but you know you don't watch him to watch him move you watch him to watch him brood (laughs) Uh, he's the one with the flip hair yeah he's too good for this sometimes the hair goes in front of his eyes a little bit but he flips it out (laughs) uh yeah this is gonna 
<laughs> Easy there, Batman. <laughs> um, okay, so we have him playing that uh, for our Lance Bass stand-in. We have Iceman. <laughs> wow, there's more than one connection there. Uh, yeah, I'm being <laughs> I'm being slightly less subtle than his comic right now. <laughs> well, to be fair to Lance Bass, he kept it quiet for a long time. Just like Iceman. Just like Iceman. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like, what, 50 years of secrecy? (laughs) But go on. Oh, I will go on. (laughs) Uh, For the the kind of weird one that's there because he's a better dancer than a singer, we have Nightcrawler. Okay. Uh, Elegant. Accent. Yeah, he is also like the uh, vaguely foreign one. <laughs> but nobody knows quite where. No one knows quite where. The Tommy Wiseau of <laughs> your, your superhero boy band. <laughs> I have many good song idea. <laughs> um, Make real Hollywood song. <laughs> a real pop music artist. <laughs> Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> You'd yell uh, at the other band members. Uh, y- yeah. Batman, you're tearing me apart, Batman. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the, the things I could do with Nightcrawler as something other than a stage performer. Um, okay. Uh, we then, uh, with those three in the mix, we get to the final two. Or we have Cyclops as the uh, the guy who could probably kind of sing and thinks that you know maybe he's going to be the front man, but it's not really him. I would then put he's, Gam- he's the jealous bitch of the boy band. Oh yeah, he's the jealous bitch. Oh yeah, and, that suits Cyclops. And for our uh, breakout, Justin Timberlake, it would be Gambit. Of course it would. Of course Who it would. Who else would it be? Of course it would. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he, uh, he's smooth. He's got the moves. He's a lone wolf. He's a lone wolf. He 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 can rock a he can rock like a three piece. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as long as he's got his suit and tie, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, like the, the, this would be a boy band. <laughs> Because I don't see any single one of them actually picking up an instrument. <laughs> if I were doing uh, uh, any kind of like rock band, I would basically have it be the Avengers as like Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> uh, Black Widow would be Stevie Nicks. Um, Tony Stark would be uh, the other front man. Uh, what the fuck is the name of that guy? What guy? Uh, oh, uh, from 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 Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. He's the guy. He, he's the guy. There's there's there, there's like several <laughs> there's dudes. Nicks, and then there's and Steve. then there's the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how that band That goes. used to be romantically involved and then had a falling out and wrote a hit album about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> kind of sounds like the Avengers. <laughs> um, I would then have uh, Thor on guitar, of course. Playing the hammer. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I would have the, the guitar the hammer shaped. Yeah. Um, I'd have uh, good old Steve uh, playing bass. Because like he's anybody a, can play bass. Because anybody can play we bass. We give Steve the simple things. He's <laughs> a simple hero <laughs> <laughs> from a simpler time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would then have uh, Bruce Banner, not the Hulk. Bruce Banner, the Professor. Yeah, I I would have him on the drums. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please tell me. Please tell me. It's like the 80s, like, blinded me with science. Like, <laughs> guy in a lab to- coat <laughs> with, like, pre-mixed drums, and he's, like, pushing all the d- buttons like the mad scientist. <laughs> oh, please tell me that's the type of drums we're going for. Yes. Yes! <laughs> uh, yeah, because, I-, I mean, if there's going to be any kind of... <laughs> yes, he would be in the back. <laughs> oh, also because so he's he, he's not the he's not the the pretty boy of the group. Th- this is also why we put him in the back. <laughs> well, see, I think I'm I'm gonna have to make a change to my group. Okay. As much as I love having She Hulk on the drums because she can bash it just as well as regular Hulk, and she's hot. <laughs> I think I'm going to switch her out for Quicksilver. All right. Now, let me tell you why. Okay. (laughs) I thought about the Flash. He could do the same thing as Quicksilver. But Quicksilver has the appropriate name for the band, I want to call it. All right. So we're going to have Quicksilver on drums, so he can do the rapid-fire double-kick pedal. And, you know, fucking wreck those toms (laughs) for our sweet metal group. Oh, God, they'd be so dented. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to have the mascot, like Eddie from Iron Maiden, for those of you not familiar. They have a giant skull guy that they inflate on stage. Oh, shit. Instead of Eddie, we're going to have Gorilla Grodd be inflatable on the stage as our metal icon oh buddy okay thank you pick it up where i'm getting oh my god okay okay where i'm going here's Uh, where i'm going okay the band name remember let's go through who's in the band black bolt black canary silver surfer quick silver get where i'm going uh get where i'm going uh we're going to be the Silver Black Gorillas. Oh, shit. Spelled with a Z, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's not trademarked. The Silver <laughs> Black Gorillas. Oh, my God. The most metal band in the land. It, it's it, it's too metal. With, it's almost too metal. With Nightwing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And Colossus on bass, because... Anybody can play bass. Anybody can play bass. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the name of my boy band, as I'm sure you know, 
uh, all of those characters were X-Men, and the X-Men have been known for having color-coded teams. Uh-oh. I'm thinking the X's. <laughs> Not quite. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I would call them Stay Gold. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Stay gold, pony boys. Stay but gold. But Batman's always blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Very nice. Very oh, nice. Oh man. But yeah, the, the, those are my bands for the the Fleetwood Mac Avengers. Uh, I would call them. I don't want to call them the All Stars. Infinity Mac. Infinity Mac. <laughs> oh my God! No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I like Infinity Mac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I maybe just call them the Infinity Gems. No, no. Lame, yeah. lame. It's a little weak. Um, Shoegaze music, maybe. <laughs> Uh no no uh I have a an indie name for them and it's called Stark Contrast. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I like that one. Very nice. Stark Contrast. <laughs> that's good. Oh yeah, I'm keeping that one. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books podcast. Mediocre. Although I would say this is better than mediocre. Oh, I, oh yeah. The band topic was really fun, and I re-educated myself on Spawn thanks to you. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. This th- this was not a mediocre. This was a good one. These were good topics. Oh yeah. Light news, good topics. <laughs> um, if you like what you heard, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below. Check out the rest of our content on our YouTube channel. We got instructionals, reviews, and our weekly podcast, of course. Um. Be sure to check out uh, our Twitter at HTBVids or uh, our Facebook at forward slash hit the books. You can check out our website, www.htbvids.com, and you can find the links to everything you want on the website on the fir- front page. So there's a big button that tells you, you know, you want to go to the YouTube channel, click here. You want to go to the iTunes channel, switch to here. You want to go to our Stitcher page, go there. Um, if you- uh, be sure to check out freshcomics.us. I think I forgot this time. Um, that's our resource that tells you what's coming out every week. Um, and it's just a, an awesome resource. So always go to freshcomics.us for your new releases and then click new comics this week and it'll take you to that. Um, once again, I want to thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we're back in the new year going full force. Oh, yeah. Getting some new stuff ready. And we can't wait to bring it to you <laughs> once we get everything done oh yeah Um, and be sure to check out our podcast next week remember we release every wednesday on stitcher itunes potentially soundcloud in the future and on youtube and it's all for free all for free no cost to you whatsoever and we appreciate all your views i've been your host chris holcomb and i'm emory saunders and we will see you next week bye bye bye